So, Holy Spirit, we welcome you to fill us. We welcome you to have your way. We yield to you. We say yes to you, Lord. We ask you to show yourself, reveal your name. We do adore you. We are in awe of you. We are wonderstruck when we look at you. Would you open up our eyes to see you? Would you fill us, Holy Spirit, so that everything we do is not by our own perception, our own will, but it's by your power, your might. We just thank you in advance. So God's moving. Sometimes if you don't get together with everybody, you don't really know what God's doing. So sometimes it's just nice to give a little heads up about what God's doing. And uh, last week we had baptisms, and there was two people signed up, possibly three, that ended up being ten. So but we give God, all, that's awesome clap, because give God all the glory. He's moving. He's the one that gathers. He's the one that draws hearts. He's the one that these people are just, Holy Spirit's brooding over them, and they're, they're getting this stirring in their spirit, and this and it's drawn unto Jesus to know Jesus is Lord and Savior. And it's the Lord's doing because we just stand believing. We just stand believing that the earth is his and the fullness thereof. And that he's just looking for family. You know, if we're going to be about the Father's business, it's all about family. It's not doing. It's about family. It's us coming together as the family of God. Because he's drawing his sons and his daughters, the lost, the ones that don't know that they're sons and daughters of God. They don't know that father, their father is God. He's the father of all creation. All creation points to our God, right? And so there was baptisms in that water. And that water, I want to tell you about that water, is that that land was dedicated to God for that. That someone had a dream and a vision. See, God blesses your dreams and your visions when they're for God. When there's, this is for your glory, Lord. This is for how you want to move in the earth. This is for such a time as this. And this person moved from another area of the province to move there to live on those waters and dedicate that land to God. And I, the first person that was baptized in that water wasn't this group of 10, it was another man. And right away God said to me, I chose you. I chose you as an inheritor because you're for the generations. You're a man of the generations. You're a man of inheritance. And so that's who God chose. So if you, this is all about inheritance right now. This is all about a spiritual inheritance for your children and your children's children and when you say yes to God that you say yes to what he's doing in the earth it's just your yes here I am he's not looking for the most creative the smartest he's just looking he's David was a weak man that has a lot had a lot of problems and God said I chose him because he's a man after my own heart so God's looking for you to say here I am Lord and Isaiah says send me just send me here I am and so uh, here I am, send me. God gives that person a dream and a vision. And that dream and a vision is always about other people. It's always about the body of Christ. It's always about God's kingdom, how he's increasing his kingdom. His grace reigns, and it's just a gathering of people. So I want to invite somebody up. Christy got baptized last week, and I, she walked in the door, and the first thing she did was give me a testimony. And I think we need to hear testimonies of what God's doing in our lives because it means God do it again. It gives us hope. And it gives us people that have been baptized and we are filled with the Spirit. Maybe we just 
we got stuck or we just settled. We just settled. We, we settled for doing, you know. But w- when a person gets baptized, they've got one testimony after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other. They don't settle. They're on fire. The passion of God is in their heart. And so I'm, I'm believing that, Christy, you're going to ignite our passion and say, God, do that again in me. Do that again in me. So I just welcome you to come up, Christy, and share. My name is Christy. Um, I was baptized last Sunday, and I never really knew what it was like to actually surrender. I've always said in my heart, I surrender to the Holy Spirit, I surrender to Jesus, but I never really knew what that meant. I never really knew what that meant until that day. And when I finally surrendered, I have never felt so much peace. I have never felt so much light within me. I um, I had a deliverance done last week as well, which was very, very powerful. I've, um, I've struggled, I've struggled with alcohol my whole entire life, and I, since my baptism, thank you, and since my deliverance, and since just surrendering, surrendering everything to God and Jesus, I, I don't have the desire, I, I feel so whole and just so at peace within myself. And making peace and forgiving and forgiving everything and everyone in my life and seeing everyone in such a different, beautiful light is just so incredible. And I I can't explain it and I, <laughs> I love it. I love you so much, Jesus, and I I just I want to be able to help anybody out there who just show that there is a stronger, higher power and yeah, and I love you all. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. That's just one person's testimony. How easy it is to forgive. When you're looking at Jesus. Because you remember how forgiving you are.
I'm glad you said forgiveness because this little story is about a little girl. And uh, I hope you're watching the children because the children and the youth, God's really moving through them. I hope you're listening. I hope you're watching because otherwise we'll just do what we've always done because it was fruitful and it was good and God blessed it, but God's doing something in the children. This is all about the generations. This is about living for the children. I had a child behind me crying, and I was like, thank you, God, that there's a child in the room crying. That's the sound of life. That would never, ever in a million years annoy me, ever, ever, because there's so many churches that are just full of old people, and the church closes because they didn't like the sound of life. They weren't focused on the children. We're here. We're focused on the next generation to give away what God's given us, to activate them, to be mothers and fathers. Do you know how many people haven't been mothered and they haven't been fathered? And sometimes now they're even parenting and they weren't mothered or fathered. And then they're being criticized for the way their children have bad behavior. We're criticizing people that haven't been mothered or fathered we should be mothering them and fathering them and saying, it's okay, it's okay. You're going to come through this. God's going to help you. We're going to stand with you. So you know what? Where there's a messy stall, where there's a little bit of chaos, where the family's a little bit disruptive, that's where God is because he says, I'm right here to help family. And a friend shared a testimony with me about her little girl. She's seven years old. And... Um, her mom and dad were building a block wall in the backyard. And the little girl left. She's seven years old. She just walked away. And she came back with a broken piece of glass. And she said, I want to put this in the wall. And her mom was like, why? And she said, because my heart shattered. This is a seven-year-old. She wrote on that piece of broken glass what shattered her heart. And she put it in the wall. She owned her shattering. She owned it. And she gave it to God. Because when you put it in the wall, it becomes a wall of salvation. It builds the house. It becomes a window in the house that you see out of and you see differently. You see, we can't blame people for our shattering. We have to own it. Because Jesus died for it. He says they know not what they do. And so this room is full of people that have been shattered. But it's what you do with that. It's what you do with that because of what he did with it. He went to the cross. He so loves you. He wants to heal every place that you've been shattered. He wants to comfort you. He wants to love you. He wants to come right into that place that hurts your heart. So remember your baptism. Remember how God came into your life and things changed right there. Remember your salvation. Remember God. Don't stay stuck and shattered shattered lives because shattered lives will destroy your life you'll live a half a half a life and so i'm i'm saying this because last week we had somebody get up and speak psalm 61 we have a divine exchange and she didn't know anything about psalm 61 she didn't know anything that she could give her broken heart to god she did not read that scripture. She did not listen to a sermon every year twice on forgiveness. She what didn't learn, this is what you have to do. It was the unction of Holy Spirit in her. 
not by power or might, but by my spirit. It's not a have to do. It was her, I want to. Just like the little girl in January that shared her testimony. She came to me and she said, I don't want to be angry. I don't want to hate. And yet these are what people were, friends were doing to her. But she said, I don't want to. And it was easy as we gave it to Jesus. And then she invited Jesus in. And I said, what gift did he give you? She's, and I said to her first, I said, how do you feel? She said, sad. And I said, well, I would feel sad too if that's what my friends did to me. But she gave that sadness. She gave that pain. She gave that anger, the reaction to being treated wrongly, to being sinned against. She gave it to Jesus. And I said, he put a gift in your hand that he's put in your heart. Will you look at your hand and tell me what it is? And she said, Happiness. She didn't read 20 books. She didn't go to church for 40 years to learn how to forgive. It's by the Spirit. It's in you, and it's easy. It's a divine exchange. Read Isaiah 61 and claim the promises, the answers. If you're sad and depressed, claim oil of joy. That's my portion. Happiness is my portion. God says to me, blue skies forever. I went to Montana, and he said, blue sky country. And I was like, yeah, I know that. It's blue, it's blue. And he said, happiness forever, blue skies forever. He said, on cloudy days, all you're going to see is blue skies. In other words, all I'm going to see is heaven on earth. I'm not going to see through glasses. I'm not going to see through a lens that's distorted. So this is what, if this is what children can do, and they've got shattered hearts, broken hearts, that's how we just have to come and be really real. My heart's broken. But if we don't admit it, then God can't heal us. So we just come to him in and, and, and our need. See, our need is to always come before God and give him our heart. The baptism, they came out of the water, a new creation, a new being. But the thing is, you heard there was a deliverance the first week. Why? Because we bring things with us, strongholds of the mind that we don't even know are there. And then as a Christian, you can't hide it. You can't fake it. It's there. Your thoughts are there. They're going to come out of your mouth. If you're offended, you're going to want to blame everybody. And then you're going to want to judge everybody. And then bitter words, there's a progression. If you don't do something with the first offense. And so I really believe that God is wanting you to see what a wonderful world it is, to be awestruck by the wonder of forgiveness, that every day that you get up, you got up this morning, his mercy was new. Whatever yesterday was, whatever the season's been, even whatever the decade has been, his mercy's new every morning. There's fear every day, 365 days of the year. There's a scripture that talks about fear. I better let him love me today because I'm going to be afraid of something, afraid of what someone said, what they did. I didn't get recognized. I didn't get acknowledged. I wasn't seen. I wasn't heard. I wasn't understood. Those, are, those things cause pain, and they, then they, they stay. The trauma attracts lies, and the lies attract the demonic. And before you know it, you don't even know that you're in agreement with Satan. You're in agreement with that fry, hot, hot frying pan that God's saying, let it go, let it go, let it go. We're entering into fall. Let it go. <laughs> go watch Frozen with your grandkids till it drives you crazy. <laughs> let it go. That's what we're practicing. But you ne if you never started your walk like that, but it was all about knowledge and information, 
and not the Holy Spirit, you're going to be, you're, you accumulated those things. And you know what it does? The new heart and the new spirit that was given to you, the heart becomes hard again. God's giving you a heart of flesh. He's giving you a soft heart. You are going to be wounded a lot because you have a soft heart because it's that wound that knows my need. I need to be loved today. I need to be comforted. I need to see his face. I need to know he loves me. That's a soft heart. See, a hard heart doesn't even care. I'll tolerate that. I don't care. I don't care about them. Who cares about them? And so God is teaching us. This is what God said when I was putting this message together. The pain you don't let go of will be the blame you project. And the blame will be your self-shame prison. And then you know what? You'll blame everybody that you're shamed. Because God's your glory. You need to seek his face. His face is your glory. When I was, when I was driving here this morning, God just started speaking to me about the river, and he gave me a couple scriptures, and, and uh, he was talking about coming. He, I was following the Kootenai River here, and, and the sun was shining on it. It was brilliant, and it was so bright. It was blinding. And he says, when you look at my face, that's the light of my face. And when I'm looking at you, that's the light of your face. There's a mirror happening there. There's light happening. Your countenance, you look at somebody that just got baptized or filled with the Spirit. Look at their countenance. They shine. They shine. They just shine. That doesn't mean that there's not mountains and valleys. There's, they're going to walk this journey of relationship and lo this loving relationship. The Bible is a love story. It's not a to what to do book. It's just live with me. Let me live and move and have my being in you. You live and move and have your being in me. Come live in my house, the Father says. You'll really like my house. It's full of many rooms. And so what we do with our pain is really important because we will project it no matter what. Angry, frustrated, mad. I don't like you. God likes everybody. So it's back to the cross. Oh, Jesus. You stood on my nail of judgment. He stood on that nail. He purposely stood on our nail. Because if he relaxed and let his knees go down, his lungs would have filled with water. So he stood on that painful nail of judgment. You will be judged. But he stood on your nail to let you know that you will never be judged and to help you know, always return to that place. There's no condemnation. There's no judgment so that you can give that gift away. It's called practice. We are not born again, I absolutely love everybody people. <laughs> we're born again and we're like, ouch, what? We're like, we want everybody to be perfect. Well, not everybody's perfect and, and we're not perfect. So God's allowing the pain. He allows these things to come to the light when you're ready, but you can ignore it for so long that your pain becomes blame and your self-shame. And then you're wondering, well, why does nobody see my value? Why does nobody see my worth? Why, why isn't anybody listening to me? I'm not heard. And God's, God's saying, he's come to adorn you with his glory. Look to his face. See his smile. See his delight. His face is shining. He is singing over you. On the way here, he gave me um, a couple of scriptures. He said, Zephaniah 3.27, the Lord your God is with you. Turn to him. Look. 
What, what are you in? Is it painful? Is it hard? Does it hurt? Does it look hopeless? What are you in? He's in there with you. Turn and look. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He'll save you. He'll save you from your own thoughts. He'll save you from your own actions, your own imagination and, and influence. Because he takes great delight in you. He takes so much delight in you. You see, pain and shame can't celebrate the body of Christ, can't celebrate the church, can't really celebrate self. Might be able to celebrate selfishness, but can't celebrate identity, the image and likeness that you were made in. We're here to celebrate the church. We're here to celebrate one another. And that's called worship. I worship him. But the worship of the one I can't see has to be the honor of the one I can't see. I do see. So the value and the worth, that doesn't mean everybody gives that back to you. You can't demand respect. You can't demand the very thing that you need. You need to be heard and you demand it, you'll become very bitter. You need to be seen and you're demanding it, you'll become very bitter. You've got to be, let God be the one that sees you and hears you and knows you. Look to his face. His face is full of delight. He's the God of wonders, awestruck wonders. He's in wonder of you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. See, our worship today is just merely our response to him singing over us. I, I just released, there's a spirit of prophecy in this house. There's a spirit of prayer in this house. It's God, it's God's presence. And I release the spirit of prophetic song in this house that you hear God singing over you and now you can sing over others. Because that is just as powerful as a prophetic word. God speaks and life happens. God speaks, he's the word, I'm the voice. Life happens in the person that I'm praying for or prophesying over. It has to happen, life cannot die. Life is greater than sin, death, and the grave. So when we're speaking life to each other, let's speak life over the church. The church isn't about a bunch of stats of what's wrong with her. Could you imagine Jesus going, okay, let's get the stats out. Okay, now tell me what's wrong with the church. Oh, I made a mistake? Oh, I did it wrong? Oh, oh, I, I'm not greater than? These are, these are greater than me? Oh, that makes God small. Stats make God small, smaller, smaller. Till he's so limited, we have no belief. It's all doubt and unbelief. That's according to you. He wants limitations off who you think you are. He wants the limitations off who you think the church is. And he wants the limitations off of who you think he is. God said to me, there are no glass limitations. There's no glass ceiling. He's with you. He lives in you. You just turn and you look to him and you communicate with him. So don't let pain be your fault place. Be like the person baptized. Put your eyes on Jesus. Practice, practice, practice. When do you practice it? I said I used to be a toilet jumper. In other words, I would get so depressed, oppressed. I would have thoughts that would just take me out. I would just, I would just jump off the mountain. I'd say I'd jump in the toilet. You know what? All in the pit. David in the pit. God's there in the pit. He didn't run away because you're in a pit. He's there, and you just have to turn and look to him, one thought, one word, and he's there to lift you up and out. He's the lifter of your head. And he's the one that will lift you out of every pit, every stronghold of thinking. 
look into his wonderful face. There's a song, this God was singing this over me. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full into his wonderful face. Look at his face when you're singing to him. Just don't sing because singing is anointed and it makes you feel good because God's presence makes you feel good. Yes, God's presence makes you feel good. But sing, I have to see your face. I want to be an awestruck wonder because he is of you. He, when you were born, he fearfully and wonderfully made. Whoa. He smiles over you. He's so delighted in you. Not before you do anything for him. Not because you, have, you, have, you do all these good things. He loves you because you're born of him. You're his daughter or his son. And so it's time to let go of blame because we blame other people for our feelings and our emotions that drive our bus. <laughs> and, and we can crash into everybody else with our feelings and our emotions. It's time to self-regulate feelings and emotions where people have hurt them and let God come into your feelings and your emotions. And let, let that divine agreement with heaven, as it is in heaven, it is in your feelings, your emotions. He's not saying you're a bad person. He's just saying you're dysregulated. You're just, you're all over the place. So let me just bring all your feelings and all your emotions into who I am, and I will heal them because there's usually some trauma or pain or a lie there. So let him do that. Stephen was a man full of grace and supernatural power, and he laid down his life. He performed many astonishing signs and wonders and mighty miracles upon the people. We heard Christie say, surrender. Here I am. I surrender. Here I am. Here's my yes. Here's my yes. This isn't about doing church. This is about being who you're called to be. You're becoming. You already are. You are the seed. The fullness is in you. You're not trying to become something you already are. You're growing. You're just growing. The tree's growing. It's easy. Put your roots down. Let him love you. Put your roots down into his love. Let him love you. That's how easy it is. You'll flourish. Drink the water. Drink the water. Drink the water. Drink of Holy Spirit. Drink of the wine. Eat the bread of life. It's living bread. You got some giants? I love giants now because I look at giants and I say, they're my bread. They're my bread. Bring it on, baby. Bring it on, you demonic facing you. Giants, David's giants, there were things out of covenant. Out of covenant. Philistine Lord means out of covenant. It means they don't honor the name of God. God's name will not be mocked. God will not be mocked. And so you're called by his name. So you won't be mocked. You can't be mocked. God loves who he created you to be. He's happy with who he created you to be. He's not disappointed. Does that mean we don't make some mistakes or we don't have some failures or we don't have some weaknesses? Yes, we do. But we're growing. There's gonna, the tree is going to experience some storms. The tree is going to maybe experience a forest fire. The tree is maybe going to have some pests upon it, on its bark. Try to take it out and kill it. Don't host pests. He's the Lord of hosts. Host the, host the Lord of hosts. May the spirit of the Lord be upon me. That's a willing spirit. Have a willing spirit. Have a willing spirit towards grace, the spirit of grace. Grace empowers you. Grace is not a thing. Grace is not a description. Grace is a being, Holy Spirit, Spirit of grace. Empower me in this right now that I'm in. I need to be empowered. I can't do it. And that's your need. That's your willing spirit. That's your surrender. I need you in this. You need to change my heart. My heart's got a wrong focus. My heart has a wrong belief. 
We believe in our heart. And so this is the season to believe God. I don't know even where I am on all this. Um, So, you know, stand. Can you just, sometimes you know there is a season to sit. I always tell people, I will sit with you until you stand. Because they're mortally wounded. They're like bleeding to death in front of you. I will sit with you until you stand. You've got to come alongside people and comfort them in, in great loss. But you know what? The more you sit with them, the more they're going to want to stand. Because God's standing for them, and you're going to teach them how to stand, how to rise up, how to let get out of that pit, to let go of self-pity, to let go of being a victim. Everybody has a trauma story. Let me tell you, there's not a person that has not suffered trauma or tragedy. Not a person. But when you listen to the stories of people from tragedy to triumph, oh my goodness, because it's his triumph. Glory be to God in the highest. It's the triumph of the cross. It's finished. It's done. You might have brought some of these things with you. I'm eradicating them by my resurrection life. You came out of the water with resurrection life. I'm eradicating what you brought with you. Hallelujah. Yeah. So we keep present before his face so he can keep eradicating what doesn't belong to us. He's not destroying us. He's destroying the destroyer. What's trying to destroy you? Oh, I want to give this to God. Take it, take it. I don't want it. But he's going to do what he wants to do one thing at a time, not necessarily what you want, (laughs) what you're looking at. God, you got to change this in me. And God's going, no, I'm starting here first. No, I'm starting there first. This branch has got to go. And so it's just like, here I am. Just let him do it, right? So Stephen took a stand. Jesus stood on our nail for the bride. So we would never stand in judgment. We'd only always stand in mercy that triumphs over judgment. We are forgiven every single day, whether we forgive other people or not. It's just not forgiving other people's bondage, and it attaches you to them. And it will destroy you in some way because you're attached to unforgiveness. So Stephen stood, at the, and he saw the Son of God at the right hand of God. He saw the Son of Man at the right hand of God. He doesn't say he saw the Son of God. He saw the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, Son of Man and Son of God. So you, when you've got one foot in the heavenly place, your spirit, and you've got one foot on earth, you're standing in the throne room. You're receiving mercy that's new every day. Receive, receive, be a good receiver. Be the best receiver ever. Whether it's the gifts that he's given you, I have given you my son, I freely give you all things. Or whether he's he's given you his word, you're listening to his word, he is always giving. He is the father of every good and perfect gift. So today, you can leave here with a good gift. He's the father of lights, and it's a, a gift that's light. you'll, You'll leave lighter. You'll leave your countenance changed. I looked to him, and he gave me a gift. That's what a good father he is. So Stephen, he stood for the church. He died. He was crucified by the church. Jesus was crucified by his own, but they wouldn't admit it, so they got politics and the government to do it. (laughs) So politics and, and, and religion will crucify grace, the man of grace. But God will stand. Stephen stood for the church. He was stoned to death. And he said, don't hold this sin against them. 
We're the church, every one of us. Don't hold any sin against yourself, judgment. There's no, no condemnation. And don't hold it towards somebody else. Let it go. Practice, practice, practice. And I'll let you know, every time you do it and you feel really good, a year later, God goes, deeper still. <laughs> and he goes somewhere else in that. And you're like, what the heck? I dealt with this. We talked. You blessed me. I was free. And now, am I going around the same circle? No. Deeper still. Because there's no measure to God's love. It's measureless. You can't measure God's love. So forgiveness is measureless too. Jesus died for everyone. Think of every sin that you could possibly think of in the world. Jesus died for every one of those people. In your sphere of influence, Jesus died for them. He's forgiven them. He likes them. He blesses them. An innocent man for the guilty. He, so the church, when we're the church and we stand and see Jesus, the Son of Man, we see ourselves as the Son of Man that forgives also. And we just walk out that process. Can you imagine a little girl knowing how to forgive for people shattering her heart? How'd she know that? What'd she read? Why'd she know that? Because in that house, they hear God. And the children hear God. And the children prophesy. So there's an unction of the Holy Spirit in that little girl. I'm giving my shattered heart to God. How wonderful is that? I invite you to give your shattered heart to God today. So Stephen took a stand for forgiveness, and that's your healing. God doesn't demand it. He just says, look at my son. Look what my son has done for you. Okay. So stand. This is the surrender. You know the word submit is so ugly in the church. People hate it because you want me to submit to authority? Not happening because authority's bad. <laughs> because people, you know why? Because people think authority's power. Authority is life. Authority is always life. A man and a woman come together and they produce a child. That's called the authority of life. They produced life. So authority comes and gives you life. Power comes and takes. Power is a taker. I'm going to make you do what I want. I'm going to control you. Possibly you raised your children like that before you found grace. And your kids will know it. And they'll have a hard time forgiving. Forgive them for not forgiving you. <laughs> so submit yourselves to God. Just surrender. Here I am. I'm going to let you love me. It's not, what do I have to do? What are you going to make me do? Oh, I don't know if I like this. No, he's going to give you life and life abundantly. John 10, 10. He came to give you life and life abundantly. That's a gift. He said, I've given you my son. I give you everything. We sang about it. Oh, God, when are you going to give me everything? I have. God, I really want that everything. You've got it. God, I'm begging for that everything. Please don't beg. So it said the seed in you, Christ in you is your hope of glory. The Holy Spirit is in you. The fullness of the Godhead is in you. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Father in Christ and Christ in you. God, but there's something lacking and missing. 
where are you looking? Look at me. And he's, he's indivisible. He lives in you. The gifts of the Father, the gifts of the Son, the gifts of Holy Spirit. Every day you can walk in these gifts. You just, and you don't have to know it or understand it. You just say, thank you. Thank you. Awestruck wonder. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So stand and submit to God. Surrender. Here I am. And you will have peace. And things will go well for you in surrender. Amazing. So you submit to God's will by trusting God with everything. He is the God of hope. He fills you with all joy and peace in believing as you trust in him. Are you known for joy and peace? God, where's my joy and peace? Go back to your baptism. <laughs> Go back to remembering God. Go back to remembering the cross. Go back to remembering it's finished, it's done. Everything that he's given you, everything that he's done, that's your portion. Go back to Isaiah 61. Wait a minute, I laid this down and I picked up that. I laid, I laid this down. Oh, wait a minute, that's my portion. That's my inheritance. That's my right. That's who I am. I forgot who I was. You forgot who you are, grasshopper. There's only a few people who would understand that one. <clears throat> Don't forget who you are. Don't look at the giants and think, oh, they see me as a grasshopper. How do you know what a giant's thinking? You don't know what God's thinking, but you know what someone else is thinking about you? Stop it. You're not a grasshopper. You're a son of God and son of man. And all his power rests upon you. All authority of heaven, power and authority of heaven rests upon you. You're a partner with him. Just partner with him. And so submit to God's will by trusting God with everything. There's that word, everything. So he gives us everything. He has given us everything. He is giving us everything because he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's always giving to us saying, Oh, I'm giving you this. Please give me that. Oh, I don't want you to carry that. That's not you. That's, that's not what I gave you. Just, you, you forgot. You picked that up or you brought it with you. I always say that I brought the, you know, we get on the glory train, but I brought a train with boxcars that were full. It was a train with compartments of all, everything that I brought with me, and God's had to open up every boxcar. Wow, Marg, this isn't just a suitcase. This is a train. But you know, it's surrender. He you invite him into those things that you brought with you. You're not a wreck. You're not a train wreck. You're not a shipwreck. You're a ship that carries, carries his presence to the nations, to your sphere of influence. Whether it's right here, you're coming in here to give. You're coming in here to give what God's given you. So John 10.10, 10, and I love the 10. Too bad Christman isn't here. I don't think he is. But 10... Ten has, uh, means authority. Ten people were baptized. So God's saying something. Are you listening? Are you looking? Are you seeing what God is doing? Ten, ten. I've, given, I've come to give you everything in abundance. More than you expect. More than you dream or imagine is possible. And it's in you. You're the seed of Christ. Life in its fullness until you overflow. God wants joy and peace to overflow. If there's no joy and peace overflowing, Holy Spirit, you're the river. I need you. Fill me. Fill me. Fill me. I want to be that overflowing life. How do you know you're overflowing life and not just happy about I'm blessed and things are good? You change people's lives around you. They come into life. They rise up full of life. People that came out of that water, I was like, you're coming up from resurrection life. You can't kill life. Life conquers sin, death, and the grave. 
You can't kill resurrection life. You can't kill eternal life. It's in you. It's in you. So 10 is authority, completeness of order, responsibility, union with God, and it's totality. It means God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns and possesses everything. You are his prized possession. He, he owns you when you surrender. When you don't, then you're kind of living in your own will, and, and you're excluding him. Your heart starts to get hard. So the, uh, the Hebrew um, teachers say 10 is holiness and wholeness, and it's a resting place for God's presence for his Shekinah glory. So expect to see God's glory. God gave me the word. We're entering. This is, I gave a prophetic word before COVID. Be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted in the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. I heard that dozens of places after that. But the still was, just listen. He's speaking. Just listen. Don't pray. Just listen. And he will give you secrets of his heart of what's coming. God always tells the prophets what's happening before it happens. Wonder, plunder is God's word for this next season, which means eyes of your heart need to open in awestruck wonder. It's the fear of the Lord. This is the coming season. You just say, Lord, open up my eyes. God was singing over me this week. He was singing, I was talking to God, and I said, Father, you know, he's talking about his favorite room in the house is the kitchen because you get to taste and see that he is good. You know, you're not going to die in the wilderness. I would have lost heart had I not believed in the goodness of the Lord. You can't lose heart when you taste and see that he is good. We sang it, goodness is running after me. That means every day behind me was a good day because it's not running after me to chase me down or I, I don't have it. It's like, yep, yesterday was a good day, and the day before that, and the day before that, and the day before that, and today is a good day, and I'm giving the goodness of God. I'm giving what the Father of lights would give to every person in my sphere. So God was singing, it's a wonderful world. He was looking out his kitchen window. God took me into this vision. He was looking out his kitchen window, and he just started singing, it's a wonderful world. You see, that's how God sees through heavenly eyes. So we need to stop and, and say, how do I see the church? How do I see myself? How do I see the world? He's saying, it's a wonderful world. He's saying, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Oh, his heart just races when you speak to him. He gets Twitter-pated. Just one glance of your eyes, just one sound from your voice. He, this is a love story. This isn't a what must I do story, what must I believe. This is not a belief system. Only believe the one who says, I love you. And he showed it by sending his son. So this is a season that's going to be the fear of the Lord, and there is going to be awestruck wonder because you're going to see in the spirit realm what God sees, and then you're going to declare it with your mouth. You're going to create things not seen, heard, or known because you see his face. When I, the, when I was coming on along the river, God was saying, I shine my face on you. This is the second one, he said. Numbers 6, 24 to 26. This is how you pray for people. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. This is how you pray for people so that their face shines because they looked into the eyes of love. 
they saw his delight with them and that's all they can bring all they can bring is delight to the people in their sphere so god's saying look to him like you look at the river and you see that brilliant light and god says you will shine with my glory when you gaze upon my face you will reveal my image and likeness and you will shine like the sun so that's our mandate to stand it's an invitation stand with him it's time to stand yes there's a time to sit there's a time to mourn there's a time to grieve yes but god's giving the grace for people that have been stuck there to stand and there's no more and how you let go of the blame and you just stand and he will remove the shame because you'll see the glory of his face and you'll reveal the face of the father the face of grace the face of glory this is the church and this is the bride and Stephen paid the price Jesus paid the price every generation people are paying the price suffering leads to glory if your suffering is destroying you you will destroy others with it because you'll have to blame somebody father they know not what they do so I just declare that this land of the Kootenays is a land of mercy and I declare mercy has triumphed over judgment and I declare every person in this room guilty of mercy and I thank you God that every day that someone walks into this church they'll find your mercy and there'll be no more condemnation no more self-condemnation that Lord that they will be so loved that they cannot condemn themselves anymore because they live in the womb of your mercy I thank you for your umbilical cord from every person's spirit attached to the throne room through the throne of mercy and Lord in that place they will find they will discover grace they will discover Holy Spirit in every place that they need you and they will be empowered for all the change that they want because we can't do it we surrender and say but you've done it all it's finished thank you thank you God thank you God Thank you that you're moving. Thank you for 1010. Thank you that you've put everything in us. There's nothing lacking, nothing missing. Thank you that your name is above every name in the Kootenays. Your King of Kings and your Lord of Lords. I thank you, God. I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that you are on our side. I thank you just when you go home, look through Isaiah 66. Have you made a divine trade? Ask yourself, have I made a divine trade for this portion that to possess this this gift of my father have i go through in the mall because then you know what you're oaks of righteousness you're the planting of the lord you're the one that's going to raise up the ruin of the generations my heart is for the generations in this house bring me kids that cry oh i love it because it's the sound of life it's the sound of life we're here to raise up the generations if you're my age there's people that haven't been mothered or they haven't been fathered they need moms and dads to come alongside them. They need people that believe in them on their worst day, in their worst mistakes, in their worst cycles, in the worst failures. They need someone that believes in them. Will you be the person that believes in the person that gets up and falls and gets up and falls and gets up and falls? Will you be the one that comes alongside them so they can finally stand? Because though a man falls seven times, God raises them. Why? Why? Because the eighth time he's birthing a new day. New, it's new beginnings and it's restorations. No matter how many times you fall, no matter how many times you fail God, no matter how many times the people around you have failed you, 
Pray for them that God raises them up, raises you up. There's a new day. There's a new beginning. That's what Jesus is all about. It's time to celebrate. It's time for the new wine. It's not for last. It's for now. Stop putting things in the never, never plan. It's finished. It's done. It's in you. Access it. Access it. So I bless you. And I just want to invite anybody that wants to come up here and pray. Where's Diana? Um, and anybody that wants to come up here and pray, um, if you have a shattered heart, that doesn't make you a bad person. God's the God of all comfort. He's here for you. It doesn't, you're not a bad person when you admit that you're shattered, that you've got something in you that someone hurt you and caused you pain. Come up and get prayer. And so I just declare that prayer is up here. Because prayer isn't hiding in the corner. This is a house of prayer. Can you imagine saying about God's house? Oh, God, this is a house of prayer. We'll go pray in the corner. What the heck? Are we ashamed of prayer? Are we ashamed of new people that don't articulate it the way that you have after 30 years? You know, sometimes all a person can say is peace, and that's so powerful. Oh, my goodness. So prayer is here. We're not ashamed of prayer. We're not ashamed of the supernatural because we're spirit natural. We're not ashamed of being loud. This is the season of being loud. And if you don't like it, get up and be loud. Shout the victory. It's a time to shout. It's the sound of freedom. And I'm telling you, religion hates it. Hates it, hates it, hates it. Because there's seasons and times. And if you don't listen to the prophets that bring seasons and times, you'll get stuck in being false, false humility. It's false humility. It's false humility. It's, fa it's pride. I will not be joyful. I will not shout. I will not clap my hands. I will not raise my hands. God's saying, let go of the pride. Let go of the pride. Yes, there's a time to lay on the floor. Yes, there's a time to just sit there. I just sat there today for a couple of the songs. But God's saying, this is the season of joy, and joy announces your freedom. And the joy and the freedom of heaven supersedes the hell that's going on in the earth, your storms. Because your breakthrough is like a prison. You've got to stand up in your prison. What's your prison right now? What do you, what, it hasn't changed. God hasn't answered the prayer. Feels like hell. Feels dark. It makes you, but God says, he will enable you. Holy Spirit will empower you to rise up with joy, to rejoice, because he's singing over you in your prison. It's time to stand up and sing back. You will see prison doors open. I listened to someone pray in this house, and God said all the universe is conspiring with this prayer right now. Because when the universe conspires with the word of God, even the earth will shake and prison doors will open. And it's not about you getting out of your prison. It's about saving your neighbor's family, the one that hated you, the one that tortured you, the one that was mean to you. It's called dying to self. It's called I'm living for other people. Stop living for yourself because you're a victim. There's no victims in here. We live from victory because we live from rest. The day of rest is Jesus. The day of rest is when the Father, he, he did everything in creation and he rested. We live from rest. We don't live to get God to do anything. We don't live to make ourselves do something. We live from victory. We go down the road, and it's like, holy cow, that don't look like victory. What the heck? You've got to remind yourself, wait a minute, you already had victory over this Jesus. 
You already conquered this. You already overcame this. Does it feel like you're dying? Yes, it does. But he is faithful, and the spirit of wisdom is upon you, and the spirit of wisdom feels like a woman that's giving birth. I'm going to die. This is painful. Losing your job. I'm going to die. That person hates me. I'm going to die. The pastor was... His authority was power. I'm going to die. I was hurt in this church. I'm going to die. No, you're birthing the new day. You're birthing a baby. You're going to see the miracle of life. Push through your pain. Don't die in your pain. Don't lay there. No, you're pushing through. You're pushing through for your family. You're pushing through for your church. You're pushing through for this region. Push, push, push. Don't lay down and die because he's faithful. Can you do it? No, he's faithful. He's faithful. Yeah, Lord, let everything that can be shaken, shake. But he is raising the foundations. Raise, R-A-Z-E. He is taking down the structures of man, the structures of religion. He, do you think it was all COVID? <laughs> Take another look. Take another look. He is raising up on the foundations of what he wants. He builds. It's not the systems of the world. It's not men with good intentions. It's God. And, and stand for the truth. This is a season to stand for the truth. Don't call good evil and don't call evil good. Don't, don't mix it all up. So look at him. Look at him. I want to tell you something about this, this um, region. There's a lot of authority wounds. Do you admit it? Because the authority you don't honor that you see. You're not honoring the authority that you don't see. And you know why you won't? Because you've been hurt. Go get some help. So that you can give all those authority wounds. It could be your mom and dad. It could be a teacher. But if you keep them, you're faking it and surrender. You can't fake surrender to authority. God won't be faked out. He won't be mocked. This is a time for your authority wounds to be healed. And his love's here, and he's sorry, and he wants to comfort you, and he cares, and he will restore you to a legitimate authority of life. You see, abusive authority ignored you. <clears throat> they were absent. They overpowered you. But God's authority is always life, and he's raising up a generation of legitimate leaders that bring the authority of life. They won't neglect you. They won't ignore you. But they also, like Jesus, won't come every time you open your mouth because Lazarus died and Jesus didn't come right away because he obeyed his father. His voice first. No authority is here to please the will of man. All authority represents God's authority. When it's time to go across the lake and there's a storm and the disciples are afraid, they're fishermen. What the heck? Why are they afraid? They're fishermen. Surely they've been in a ton of storms. Jesus didn't even really comfort them, even though they said, you don't care. We're going to die. So have you ever been around somebody that that's how you feel? They don't care. I'm going to die. And Jesus is saying, we're going to the other side. I'm about my father's business. That's authority. That's obeying God before man. You're going to find authority won't meet all your needs because they're not supposed to. God meets all your needs according to his riches and glory. And that is even a painful place in the Kootenays that causes people to hide from the authority of God. 
Just tell God, I want your authority because it's life. I'm not afraid of authority, it's life. You'll learn how to make boundaries with those that aren't life. That's, that's a no-brainer. You'll learn to make, hey, wait a minute, that person's not giving me life. Oh, oh, is this about my heart, Lord? Is this about my heart? What is this about? So I just bless you wherever your heart's been shattered, that God just wants to, he's, he's come for the first thing, I've come for the brokenhearted, he's come for you. You're not bad if you have a shattered heart. He's the comforter that's here. You were born to be comforted. You were born to be cared for. You were born to receive life so that you live because he lives, we live. So I just, I bless you and I bless God's work to go ahead unhindered in you. Jesus has come to destroy the destroyer. Hallelujah, not you. Not you. He's come to save you again. You are saved, but he said, I'll save you every day. Every day, because... I needed to get saved for, for myself. Yes, he rebuked the storm. Yeah. He rebuked the storm, but that doesn't mean that all storms, there's some storms he will not rebuke because he's pressuring you for something to come out of you that's hidden in you that you're deceived by.